0: We're going to have to sing that more. I I don't remember really singing that. I I didn't catch up till right at the very end. Always a line behind, but uh, great words. Appreciate that, and and so thank you for leading that, John. Uh, this morning, uh, Monday, we went down to pick up Seth and and Meow, or Mia uh, from Minneapolis. And on the way down, the roads were all sloppy, and, and so I, I let it get quite a bit of slush on the windshield, and, and then I hit the washer, so wash it, and no fluid came out. All it did was smear that on the windshield, and I'm frantic trying to, to drive and see and trying to find someplace where I could look out the window because when things are dirty, it can make things, especially windshields. Are dirty it can make things uh, dangerous and so uh, uh, washing things helps uh, being having things that are clean help uh, i'm i'm thankful that cindy washes the dishes between the times we eat uh, otherwise it would be hard to you know eat around the last meal's food on the plate it's just a lot nicer to start with a clean plate instead of a a dirty plate. And and we do that. We wash our clothes. I'm not proud of it, but uh, when I was in junior high, I'm a little bit proud of it. When I was in junior high, (laughs) I uh, went to Camp Castle Rock in Montana there and and, uh, had a great time. But I wore the same red uh, shirt the whole week. I thought I was. Mom was going to be so pleased because she didn't have to do the, all the laundry that I would normally would do. Uh, I found out mom wasn't pleased. It was embarrassing for her uh, because we like clean things. A clean is good, and so we wash our cars uh, sometimes. Uh, I know you drive by my my van out there when you turn the corner and you see how does uh, do the lights even shine through all that crust on the on the lights there. Uh, So, we should wash our cars. It would be safer if we washed our cars uh, more often, but clean is good. There's something I want to talk about this morning, Uh, and and we're going to clean. I I want us to all clean something this morning. And so, I brought a a cleaning tub, and I brought a scrub brush, and, and we're going to clean and I don't know if you can tell what we're going to clean today can you you tell what we're going to clean yes we're going to clean this helps a little bit not a whole lot with my artistic ability but we're going to clean hearts today Uh, That's what the Bible says is more important. The the Bible, you know, doesn't say much. There's that saying that says cleanliness is next to godliness. That is not out of the Bible, and and that is not even true, Uh, although it's nice to be clean, but it is essential to clean our hearts. And so we're going to just line up, and I'm going to take your heart out, and I'm going to take it, and give it the old scrub, rinse it off a little bit, and then I'll put it back in. Uh, no, that, that wouldn't work. But, you know, clean hearts are important. We just had, you know, Darwin Cole. He, he won't be able to be here for a few Sundays, but he'll be back because he had to have his heart uh, taken out, or the open-heart surgery is what they did for him, and they, they had to get down to the heart, because he had some blockages and things and and they found that out and some of the others of you have already you've had that and you've got a scar here where they've had to open up because heart having a clean heart is very very important and they they find out they'll run these little cameras up through uh, your body and through your veins and arteries and and they'll check out your heart to see if if, it's, if there are problems in your heart and if there are problems, they have to clean that out because clean hearts are important. I'd like you to turn to Psalm 51 if you have your Bible with you and a pew Bible too, but Psalms is kind of in the middle of the Bible. Psalm 51 this is telling us something is essential, and it is a clean heart, and I want us all to leave here with clean hearts, and I'll not be able to check your heart at the door to know whether it's clean or not. God will know, and you will have a good idea, and so... Uh, this psalm was written after David who is was called is called in scripture a man after God's own heart. David loved God. And you might not be in that place today of loving God, but uh, chances are you're here and and so you do have uh, a general love for God. Uh, but David had a, a love for God and yet he He loved something more at a particular time, and he sinned uh, with Bathsheba. And for a year, he tried to hide that sin, and it just got worse and worse, uh, heavier and heavier. And so uh, uh, he had finally, after a year, it got to be so heavy on him. You. As some of you kids know what it's like if you lie or you steal. And, and then finally, you, you need to tell your mom, you say, you know, I am so sorry. And you need to tell the Lord, I am so sorry. But uh, David writes this after he finally, after a year, he comes back and, and he prays this prayer to God. And I just want to read the first 10 verses David says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According unto the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions here. Those are the different sins that he has. uh, the, The dirt that's gotten into his heart. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Another word for sin. And cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge I know, I'm going to let you know, my transgressions, another word for sin, and my sin is ever before me against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, I was born with sin, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me, or clean me, Use, uh, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Let's pray. Father, as we just take a few minutes to look at at this passage and to examine our own hearts and allow you to examine our hearts, I pray that each one here might leave with clean hearts, Lord. I pray that for myself as well. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In order to leave here with a clean heart, there are really three steps of cleansing that needs to take place. The very, very first step is to recognize your condition, to recognize that there's sin. That's what they have to, why they have to run those things up to check your, uh, your arteries and, and check the valves and make sure that it's working because you've got to recognize the condition, and the surgeons do that for us with our real hearts. But the Holy Spirit does that for, for us as well. He helps us look inside of our hearts. And what do we see? Well, Scripture says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So our hearts are, are, are made and all have sinned, all of us, when we were born. Uh, David says, uh, when I was born, I was a sinner. And we are sinners when we're born. We've got five kids, and they're grown now, and now we've got grandkids. But, you know, there's one thing we never had to teach our kids, and that was how to sin. We never had to teach Nate how to spit on his sister, Heather. It just came naturally to him. Uh, we never had to, to uh, teach him how to hit and and, and lie or, or to fill his mouth with squash and go poof <laughs> and spray it out over the table. That just comes... Naturally, Uh, because we are born in sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Is that serious? Oh, if it's just cleaning up the table or wiping off somebody's face, that's not so serious. But it says the wage of sin is death, the cost of sin. What you have to pay for sin is death. And it's not just talking about lying in a casket at the uh, front of the auditorium at a funeral. It's talking about an eternity of death in what Scripture calls hell. And so that is serious. And so being born in sin is serious. Born sinners, born selfish, born self centered. Little babies, when they come out, they cry. And they cry because they want to be fed. They think that the world revolves around them because it does. If they don't do that, they won't get cared for and they won't survive. And so they are very self-centered. But as they grow older, they've got to get out of that. But you know what I notice? is sometimes we are so self-centered that it destroys marriages. Here they are. Both think the world revolve around them. And they're coming to try to become one, but it's very difficult when uh, they both want everything done for them, rather than to realize, no, if we're going to become one, we've got to give up our rights. We are sinners. We need clean hearts. We break God's commandments. And that's why we might lie, or we might steal, or we might worship ourselves instead of the God in heaven, and we... We might uh, uh, covet, or we might swear, or we might lust, or we might not honor our parents. These are all things that God says we ought to do, and what uh, we we ought not to do. Uh, otherwise, we will have dirty hearts. What's the condition of your heart? You know, I think. Uh, do you have a clean heart? David cries out, "Create in me a clean heart." the first, you notice the condition of your heart. What is it? Uh, Be sure your sin will find you out. You can hide your sin, and you might get away with it, but God sees it. And be sure, and it's a scripture, be sure your sin will find you out. Uh, When Cindy and I went out to visit my cousin, and, and he's out in South Dakota, and we were there, and it got bitter, bitter cold, 60 below, uh, there in uh, out of sturges, and everything was freezing up, and our cars would not start, and the uh, furnace would not go the the um, fuel oil in the furnace line uh, froze up or coagulated it wouldn 't run into the furnace and We had a wood burner right in the center of the house, a small house, this wood burner was there and and so. Uh, We started, we went out and we, Sam and I, and we cut wood. We dug it out of snow drifts and we were cutting off uh, fence posts and cutting it up and uh, just trying to find, we started close to the house and worked our way out and even out into the fields there, taking some of the wood posts down and and tearing the fence off of it. Because we were, we didn't want to freeze to death, nothing we could do. And so we would burn that wood, just trying to keep warm. And we had our kids, and we would be around that uh, stove in there. And we were having a hard time finding wood. And so we went out one time, and uh, they wrote, raised cattle. And we would read enough books of in the old times that they used to burn uh, cow pies, buffalo chips, dung. Uh, that's biblical, is the dung. Um, so at least the adults know what it is. We began to gather up buckets and sacks of, uh, out of, from the corral, we, and they were froze stiff, so we thought, okay, this, they did it in the olden days, and we carried those in, and when the ladies weren't watching, we threw that into the, into the stove on top of the wood that was burning. You know how long it took before our sin found us out? It wasn't long, and they are saying, ah, what's that awful smell? Uh, and the, the uh, sewer had already frozen up, and, and so they knew it was something new, and our sin found us out. Be sure your sin will find you out. The condition of our hearts, we might be able to hide. We might be able to look, look good and, and smell good and act right and, and, uh, and then die in our sin. That would be terrible. Because our sin would not have been paid for. And that's what needs to happen here. The condition of our hearts are wicked. It says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then only God can know the condition of our hearts. and We kind of have a general idea. So we look at the condition of our hearts, first of all. And second... There in Psalm 51 and verse 4, in verses 2 and 3, he acknowledged, he he says, my heart is dirty, wash me. I acknowledge my sin, it's ever before me. And then he makes his confession in the beginning part of verse 4. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done done this evil in thy sight. Uh, God says, hey, you don't have to remain in sin. You don't have to have live with a dirty heart. He made provision for that. We confess our sin, and then he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's what he offers us. So when we reject God, we're rejecting this offer to have our hearts clean. And many reject God. And you know how they do it? They said, well, I can do it myself. I can be good enough. I will clean up my act. I will set some New Year's resolutions. I will join a church. I will get baptized. I will act. I will give money in the offering plate. I'll do all of these things. I don't need Jesus. I'll just be good. But one of the verses they quoted up here is Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The rest of the verse is no man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said that. He is the only one that can cleanse our hearts, but we make our confession to God. Um, But but you're not that bad, and I've heard this. And some kids, well, really adults even more, say, uh, why should God let you into heaven? And they say, because I'm a pretty good person. Oh, really? And there are some pretty good people that will not ask Jesus to save them because they are pretty good. And kids that are pretty good, they're just as good as anybody else. You might be the best kid in this church, but if you've not asked Jesus to save you, you still have enough dirt in your heart to, uh, to send you to hell. Um, the story, and, and you might the kids might have heard this even in Awana, of the mom that had a kid, that uh, a son that says, you know, I don't need Jesus. I'm I'm pretty good. Oh, why do I need to ask him forgive me? I, I really don't have that many things to ask him to forgive me for. And so she was making brownies in the kitchen, and mixing up the it, today it would be some brownie mix I guess, and uh, mixing the things up. And and she went out, and the son was stayed at the table. Watching her make this, and she went out the back door where the the dog would go out in the yard. She went out there and she picked up a, a just just one dog pellet. Uh, uh, biblically, it is dung, and and took it in and, and 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 ground it up and and mixed it in the brownie mix. And the son, Mom, what are you doing? And she said, well, it's really not that much. It's not that bad. And she said, I am not going to eat that. Well, why not? I mean, compared to the whole pan, uh, that uh, dog pellet is pretty small. Uh, just a little pellet, and and what, that, that's bothering you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not eating it. Then why would we think that just because we have a little bit of sin in us, God would accept us. God is a holy, holy, holy God. And it doesn't take but one dog pellet in our, in our lives to make us unacceptable. Right. I, you know, I, uh, if you won't eat that brownie, why should God accept us? And so we, we recognize our condition and we... Make our confession. Uh, Sometimes we need to confess to other people when we've sinned against them. And that's what God says. Once you're a believer, as I believe most of us, if not all of us, are believers, but once we're a believer, we have a responsibility to confess to others that we have sinned against. And I know I've told this story before, but I went to kindergarten in Minneapolis, in inner city, Lake Street. Uh, railroad tracks and I remember going to kindergarten at that time and I crossed over the tracks it wasn't far from the school went to the school we got out at noon and uh, walking home and walking through the alley to our backyard but uh, uh, two houses down this lady was there and she had a garden there I, I really didn't see her I don't remember seeing her before but she had a flower garden filled with beautiful flowers, and so I thought, with my kindergarten mind, that my mom deserved a bouquet of flowers, and she would be so happy and pleased if I brought her some flowers, and so I went into this lady's garden, and I broke off. They were glads, so they were stalks of flowers, and I broke off some of those, and I held them as a bouquet, and I went a, went a couple uh, backyards further and went into our backyard, took these in into Mom and said, "Mom, look what I got you." She looked at me and said, ah, what have you done?" I, I, I just picked these. I thought you would like them. They're just close, just right down here. Uh, don't you like the flowers?" she said, "Dave, they're not your flowers." that you stole those flowers. You're going to have to take them back and give them to the lady who grew them. And so, oh, man, really? Yes, you've got to confess what you did. And so I walked down there. It's two miles walking down. (laughs) And up the sidewalk to the front door, and I rang the doorbell. And I heard the doorbell, and I'm thinking, maybe she's not home, maybe she's not home. Oh, I hope she's not home. I can leave the flowers and run. And the door opened. Here's a lady, eight feet tall, (laughs) 400 pounds. And I said, I stole your flowers, and please forgive me. She said, wait right here. what's she gonna do? She disappeared, she came back and she had a big serrated knife in her hand. And I've been a Sunday school kid all my life. I knew about sacrifices. (laughs) And I'm just standing there holding these flowers and I saying, I'm not going to go in, I'm not going in. She said, follow me. <laughs> I didn't have to go in the house. She walked around the front of the house, opened the gate into her backyard. Follow me. She didn't want witnesses. <laughs> Easier to bury in a backyard. <laughs> we went in there, and she took that knife, and she went... Whack one flower. Whack another flower. Whack another flower. She got me. So I walked home with a bouquet of flowers that I could hardly carry because she wanted me to know that she had forgiven me for stealing those flowers. Uh, we, at times, we, if we've got dirty hearts, we need to confess that sin. The condition is hopeless. Our confession is before God. And so we say, God, I have sinned again. For a believer, every day is a walk of uh, confession and repentance, repenting of our sin. That's the way we go through the day. Because we're not sinless. We still have old natures that tell us, you're going to sin. And we do. But as we do, if you um, uh, ask him to forgive you, he does forgive you. If you confess your sin, he's faithful. He's just, and he'll forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And that is the third step. See, God wants to forgive you, he loves you. And that third step is the cleansing in verse 7: Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. That's what God wants for us. That's what David was crying out for himself. Jesus exchanged places with me. In he took my sin and hung on the cross. And he uh, gave me his righteousness in exchange. A a clean shirt like. He takes my old uh, dirty shirt off and he puts it on himself and he gives me his clean, spotless shirt. Call on the name of the Lord and thou shalt be saved. It is Christ's blood that cleanses our hearts. It takes a, a special cleansing agent. Either you let Jesus pay for your sins, or you will have to pay for them yourself. And I realize that's initially how we become children of God. And then after we're children, uh, we need some cleansing to wash our hands as we go through this life. Uh, But Jesus died to cleanse us of our sins, the results of a clean heart. And we're not going to read the verse, but verse 12 talks about restoring to me the joy of my salvation. So there's joy for having a clean heart. There's change. We're no longer the same once we ask Jesus to forgive us and save us. We have a new home. We have a new best friend. We have a father that loves us more than an earthly father can. But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that uh, believe on his name. Wow. So I have a heavenly father. I have a friend that loves me. So much, but it takes a special cleansing agent. Just not anything will clean us. In fact, only one thing will clean us from our sin. I was irrigating there uh, out in Montana on a ranch that I worked at for years. And I was on the edge of the field, not far from the ranch house, Just, just a little field in between me in the ranch house, and I was standing there at the edge of the field, and the ryegrass was, was pretty deep, uh, pretty uh, tall, and it was thick. And I was standing there with my shovel waiting for water to come through the, the ditches and, and irrigate the, the field, the uh, hillside. And as I stood there holding my shovel, I looked in, uh, something caught my eye, and I looked in here in the ryegrass, I could see it parting. If something was coming towards me, and there are lots of snake, rattlesnakes there. And so I held my shovel and and figured, well, if it's a rattlesnake, I'll chop its head off and and bury the head. And I I would skin the snakes, and if it's big enough, we would eat it. And so it was making a, a line, and so it's pretty good sized. And so I could just see the parting of this ryegrass, and it got closer and closer and I had my shovel here I was getting ready and watching it come and it had to get right uh, close to my toes before I could tell what it was and it was a, a mama skunk. <laughs> and the mama skunk and I thought this is neat she knew I was around her nose was was twitching and and uh, and so it just but it just kept working its way through behind the mama skunk were six little babies. And they were about that long, and they had their tail, curly tail, you know, tail, and just prancing along. There's nothing cuter than a baby skunk. Really, I, I don't know of anything cuter than a baby skunk. You know, baby kittens are cute, but baby skunks are just. Uh, anyway, so the mom went by, and one little skunk, just they, they're bouncing along. And then a second one bouncing along, following mom. And a third bouncing along. Fourth bouncing along. Fifth, Uh, number six was straggling back a little bit. And it finally came. And while I was doing it, a thought came into my mind. My boss's daughter was playing in the yard just right close. She would love to see a baby skunk. (laughs) She would love it. And uh, so as that baby skunk came by, the last one, I reached down, grabbed it by the tail, and took off running with his baby skunk, uh, you know, kind of holding it and, and running with his baby skunk. And I got to the backyard, and, and Janet, look at the baby skunk. First she said, neat, and then she, ah. and, and And I thought, why, why the change of expression? And oh, yeah, it's kind of whoever says a baby skunk can't spray. You know, they, they were lying to me. Uh, And so I took off back across the field to get this baby skunk back to its mom, you know, and they were still working their way through. And I uh, dropped this skunk at the end of the line, and I got home, went home shortly after that, and I walked in the door, and mom says, "Uh, how was your day, Dave? Ah. Oh, go back outside. Go back outside. You've got to take your clothes off. We've got to wash your clothes. But, you know, she couldn't just wash my clothes in ordinary soap. It took tomato juice. I don't know why tomato juice. Now they probably have special washing agent. But then it was a can of tomato juice into the dish uh, clothes washer with all of my clothes in order to get the stink out uh, because it takes a special agent. You know... Uh, There's nothing that can wash sin out of our lives but the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. The only way, even now, after all the years I've been a, a believer in Jesus Christ, it still takes the blood he shed on Calvary to wash me. Otherwise, I am a stink before a holy God. Have you had your sins cleansed. There should not be anyone, and I'm talking to believers and unbelievers. For believers, we need daily cleansing. For unbelievers, you need that initial uh, wash of, from Jesus' blood, crying out to him to forgive you and save you so that you can become a child of God. But it still takes the same cleansing agent and that is the blood of Jesus. I'd like us to bow our heads. Close your eyes. What's the condition of your heart? Have you ever placed your faith in Jesus Christ? What that means is, have you ever asked him to save you and believe that he did? He died on the cross and he rose again from the grave. You believe that? Have you asked him to save you? Have you asked him to forgive you? He will. And he wants to give you a new life Hearts, and he wants to continue to cleanse you even after you're a believer. If you're here and you've never asked Jesus to save you, would you raise your hand? Let me pray. I'm not going to point you out, Uh, I I would not do that, but I will pray for you. Not by name, certainly. Anyone say, Pastor, I, I need Jesus as my Savior. My heart is still dirty. I don't want to pay for my own sin. I want Jesus to pay for it. He died for it. He just needs you to accept him as your Savior. Anyone? Lord, you know our hearts much better than we do. So I pray that every believe, all of us will leave here having clean hearts. Confessing our sin before you. And maybe in the future, dealing with that sin with the one that they have sinned against, maybe. So if that's the case for us, Lord, I, I am I'm praying that each one here will ask you to forgive them. Lord, forgive me of my thoughts. Maybe my actions, maybe my words, maybe it's the way I say something, sharp words that cause injury or hurt to somebody, Lord, forgive me. You know those things. Cleanse me. Create in me a new heart, a cleansed heart, please. And I ask the same for this group of people here today. I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus.